Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, CMAC Talks Press. Everybody, I am so happy and so pleased to have with me today Tish Hines. Tish is the founder of Tish Times Networking and Sales. Tish is also a franchise owner for Network in Action in Phoenix, Arizona. Tish teaches small business owners, solo entrepreneurs, and sales professionals to increase income with unparalleled sales and networking strategies. Tish empowers sales professionals to create revenue-generating business connections, follow up effectively, shorten the sales cycle, and close sales with ease. Tish is the founder of the Unstoppable Confidence Sales Academy, a business school that teaches a systematic, sincere, and effective approach to networking and sales to produce lucrative bottom line results. Tish, so happy to have you here. Hey there. I'm so glad to be here, Bridget. Yes, I have been waiting for this conversation. I am so ready. I have, I know three or four questions off the top of my head that I want to make sure I ask you. But here's the first one. Here's the first one. On a typical day or a typical presentation, what kinds of topics do you deliver to your audience? Typically, I'm asked almost probably at least 90% of the time, follow-up, um, what I call profitable networking, maximizing networking experiences, and um, having powerful self-conversations. Those are the things I talk about probably more than anything else, although I do have more things in my arsenal, but typically that's what I'm asked to talk about. Now, I know this is not part of our lineup or part of our conversation, but what is it about networking that scares people? Because actually, let's be honest, networking is a type of presentation, yeah. to be honest, right? So yeah. what is it that's so scary about networking? Because we might get at the heart of what makes public speaking scary. Right, right. So I, I think people, they go into this, I, I always say, when you put on a name tag, you don't become a robot. You know what I mean? You don't have to walk into a room and instead of just saying, hey, like you would, at the line in Target, and you just turn around and say, hey, how are you? It's not hot out here. You just kind of chat. People have this impression that they have to perform once they walk into a networking setting. And if they, the same way people get nervous about stepping on a stage, I think people walk into an event, and they're working themselves up like, what do I say? What if they say this? What if they don't, what if they don't like me, basically, is what it gets down to. And I think if people would just look at it as they're making a new friend, it will take all of the head noise out of the way. It'll cause them to just be themselves, and it'll be more, more fun and more lucrative for the people who are going. But that's what I believe. Okay. I never thought of it that way because we hear people all the time say that they hate network, networking, and maybe that's it. Like you said, they feel like they, the minute they put on that name badge, it's kind of like what we were talking about before I hit the record button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where oftentimes we'll have this great conversation before it's time to record the conversation or before it's time to record the actual interview. And then the minute I hit record, they freeze. Yeah. And all of a sudden I have this totally different person on the line with me. <laughs> it's like, hello, where did Tish go? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, yeah. I've seen it before. Um, People that I talk to, I mean, when I, I'm talking to them outside of a business setting, 
they're just regular people. But once they get into a business setting, once again, I think that we, in our mind somewhere, we think that if I don't impress this person, they're not going to buy from me. And if we can change our mindset, right, it's just it's like, I just want to get to know you, and eventually you might buy something from me, and that's good, you know? Right. It's not thinking about how can I get this person to buy something from me. It's about how can I get this person to want to get to know me. How can I get to know this person? It's about starting relationships and creating relationships. People buy from those they know, like, and trust, but we won't get into that. That's another podcast. That's somebody yeah, yeah. on another station <laughs> that you're not going to change to, okay? Don't go to that channel. <laughs> now, Tish, uh, oftentimes presentations are uplifting. They're powerful. They're informative on a positive note, if you will. But there are those times when you have presentations where you're having to deliver some bad news, where the people are being furloughed, where, whether hours are being cut, uh, whether there are no raises or bonuses are not as high as we anticipate. There's bad news, right? I know everybody's like, Bridget, we know what bad news is, but I'm just kind of going down the line. What do you do? How do you deliver an effective presentation when you have to deliver bad news in it? Yeah, so I mentioned to you the things that I speak about most of the time, but let me tell you the things I speak about the rest of the time. <laughs> I work with companies around sexual harassment, around um, anti-harassment and sensitivity, and those are never fun. People don't pay to come to those events, right? Like when, when I'm having these other events, people have paid money to come here and speak, and they're ready. When I go into a company, however, to talk to them about you know, not harassing their fellow employees, um, not um, harassing a member of another sex, another, you know, background, so on and so forth. It's a difficult, different conversation. And so something that I've, I think I've gotten really good at, and the reason I say I've gotten good at because they keep inviting me back, <laughs> so I assume I'm doing okay with it, is I definitely share more personal stories. And, and I think when people can relate, instead of you saying, this is what's happening and I'm talking to you and you're in trouble, I can say, this is what I've experienced. This is what people whom I've worked with before have dealt with, and this is how we've overcome it. Or here's some tools so that um, you're not having to stay where you are right now. Let's talk about it, but I'm not going to leave you in that state of I'm in trouble. I'm going to help you to get past it. It has always served me well. My surveys always come back with really high marks because I don't think people feel like they're being yelled at. They don't feel like they're being talked down to. They feel like someone is coming in as an equal, in a sense, and helping them to get past whatever they're going through. Mm. So you're really not there to give a presentation, but you're really there to give them this ray of light at the end of the tunnel. You're really there to help them see that, yeah, things are tough right now, but this is where we're headed. It won't always be like this. We've yeah. gotten through challenges before we will get through this one. So it's not so much focusing on the bad news, but focusing on how do we move ourselves out of this. And, and then, like I said, bring per the personal stories in. That always gets people, bringing in the personal stories. I believe that, yeah. Tish, you always look super awesome. Uh, whether <laughs> yeah and if, if you're listening to us and you can't see it's like she looks super awesome I even complimented her on how super awesome she looks today this color it's like this golden rod you, you got to incorporate that into your attire more often for sure if you look behind me orange is like it's my brand yes color it's what I do pretty much all the time <laughs> yes, yes, yes I try to put it in my clothing periodically too <laughs> <laughs> yes I picked up on that I picked up on that 
Very nice. Very nice. So speaking of attire, what role does attire play in speaking? We spend a lot of time talking about voice and diction and confidence and nerves, but what about what, we, what you're wearing? Yeah, it, it means everything. Because what I, and I, I found this out the hard way, if you will, just coming up through the ranks in my companies where I would have to do training within the organization, you know, all the way to where I became a professional speaker, where people who, who you either have to be an extremely proficient speaker for people to still hear you past what you're wearing. You understand what I'm saying? Because people will see you before they'll hear you. And I think the level of authority <laughs> that comes across is often dictated by what someone has on. And the reason I say you have to be an extremely proficient speaker because you have someone like a C. Job, you have someone like a Mark, Mark, uh, what's her name, Mark Zuckerberg. No, I'm not saying that right. Z Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get up on stage with jeans and a t-shirt and still deliver, but they're at a very different level. They have, you know what I mean? They've already developed their authority platform. And for those who've not gotten to that level yet, you have to. You have to begin speaking with what you bring to the table, what you have on, so people will see you before they hear you, and many times they will turn you off if they don't feel as though you deliver with that level of authority. That's just what I got to say about that. <laughs> All I can say is say that again. I'm <laughs> telling you, and I understand attire has gotten more relaxed in the 21st century and with younger generations getting into the professional workforce. And I get it. I understand. Some people feel like, you know, I don't need to show up in a suit and tie in order to get my job done. I was one of those whippersnappers back in the day, like about 10, 15 years ago, who would get annoyed because there weren't any telecommuting options where I was working. And I would say stuff like, I don't have to be in a cubicle. I don't have to be at, a, at an office on campus to grade papers. I, I would teach. I was teaching for uh, the A&M system. I don't have to be on campus to grade essays to do research, you know, and, and so I think we see that or hear that when it comes to attire nowadays. I don't need to show up in a full-blown three-piece suit in order to get my job done, but what you said was so pivotal, Tish, people will see you before they hear you, and they will form judgment about you fairly or otherwise. Right, and right. if you put yourself in a position to control as much of the message that you give people as you can, you put yourself in a position of authority. And you can't look to someone else who can show up in sweats and a, and a T-shirt, a hoodie or whatever, and blow the audience away. They might have something else going on for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I remember being at a conference, Bridget, and, and I – in this audience, as a speaker, now you know as speakers, we make a higher judgment. We like now, you know, you look at people differently through different lenses because it's what you see, right? And I'll never forget being in this breakout session and seeing this woman walk up. And when I say jeans and a T-shirt, I don't mean like a nice T-shirt and a nice dark colored. So, you know what I mean? It was like, I just woke up, I threw this on, you know, and now I'm going to take the stage. And immediately my mind went, however... <laughs> this woman, when I say she brought such a, I mean, just a strong message, it caused me to turn off my eyes and open my ears. So I'm saying if you are able to speak like that, then, you know, bravo to you. But the average speaker may or may not. You know, we, we may have a good day, but on, the, on, a, on a typical day, we need to come understanding that people are going to judge us based on what we wear 
And if we want people to take us seriously, especially if you have to make an offer at the end of that talk, you need to be dressed in a way to where people will believe what you have to say and they'll want more. And I think it makes a big difference. And think about what you may have missed out on with the lady who showed up in the old jeans and t-shirt or what have you, because you said when she immediately took to the stage, you just, you became disinterested. You were not tuned in. So imagine what you may have missed out on until she finally built up her credibility, if you will. And if you show up already looking like, looking the part of being credible, looking the part of saying, I respect my audience enough to care about my appearance, then the audience is going to be more apt to tune in to the very first word that you say. And see, this lady showing up, although she was stellar and had a message to match her her intellect, her knowledge, her passion, whatever you want to call it, although she had that, she may have lost some fantastic teachable moments. (laughs) You know what I mean? Finally building up to a point where everybody got past the jeans, got past the t-shirt. So you want to be able to capture your audience as quickly as possible, even before you say a word. And the attire, the attire will do it for you. Absolutely. Tish, you uh, have done all kinds of presentations. You have appeared before all kinds of audiences. You have tons of followers. (laughs) What is something that your audiences, your community would be totally surprised to know about you. <laughs> well, when some, occasionally they do hear me say this, I don't say it all the time, but people make the assumption. So, I'm, you know, if you're looking at this video, you'll see repeated. So when I stand up, I'm 5'11", and I wear heels, so I'm six foot one most of the time. And people make the assumption when I walk in that I'm very confident. You know, I think my mom has instilled some things into me to make you stand up, put your shoulders back, and and act like you are, even if you don't feel it. But what my audience would probably be very surprised to know is I freak out (laughs) before I get on the stage. I get so nervous. Um, I was doing a presentation this past weekend, and I was talking to my goddaughter, who was sitting beside me before a big presentation last year. And she was just looking at me like, you know, like, Godmother, what is wrong with you? I was like, just give me a second. I need a moment. <laughs> so I'm able to get past it. And once I'm on a stage, my stage, in all honesty, is my safe place. I love it once I get there. But the moment from preparing the presentation to getting on that stage can be a, a good place sometimes for me. I do get nervous. Um, I get in my head a lot. And I have to do a lot of self-talk, and then I get ready, and then I'm ready to go once I'm there. (laughs) That is surprising, because when you see you on a stage, the idea of fear, uncertainty, anxiety, nervousness, none of those words pops into your head when you see Tisha. All of it is is fair. And it's, I mean, it's something that I've learned to deal with and work through, but I one of the things I teach a lot is about confidence and people would make the assumption, oh, you've never dealt with that. So I want people to know that though someone may look like they're at a different stage in their business or in their career, whatever, that you don't assume they've not been where you are because I have been there. I deal with it. I just have developed some tools to get through it so that I can deliver what I'm called to deliver to my audience. 
Will you give us one or two tools that gets you from the anxiety to getting on the stage and just blowing people away? Can I be very honest? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is the place to be honest, okay? That's so, what we come here. Yeah, for me, one of my biggest tools is prayer. So I will wow. often ask to go into a room in advance of the people arriving. If, I, if, if it's permissible, I'll go into the room first. And I'll take some time and pray in the room. That almost always helps me to get myself centered, get kind of like, okay, I can do this. Um, when that's not possible, then I find a corner somewhere, and I do the very same thing. Um, but that's big for me. And I do a lot of self-talk. If you were able to see the, the walls to my right, you would see that I have a big board of I am statements. And when I'm feeling the worst, I say them the most. And I constantly am telling myself the things that I need to hear for myself when no one else is telling them to me, I'm telling them to myself so that when I get there, I'm out of the way so that what needs to come forward can come forth and I'm not a hindrance to the message that needs to go, you know, that needs to come through me. Give us a few I am statements that you have over there on that wall. Give us I a few. Will. I will. I am an influencer of influencers. I am paid in full and on time by thousands of ideal clients and they refer more clients to me. I am, I have self-control, I am a visionary, I am abundantly wealthy, I am anointed to teach, train, guide, coach, speak, and lead. Those are just mm. a few of the hundreds that are over here. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody think of your own I am statements. I am bold, I am fierce, I am proud, I am confident, I am full of knowledge, I am here to wow the crowd, I am here to pour into my listeners. Think of your I am statements. Who are you? And post those up. I have so many post-it notes. It's not even funny. Yeah. <laughs> talk about all these post-it notes. <laughs> I'm not just send you a picture of my board. It's a big board. And lots of you said are on there already. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So everybody get you a bunch of post-it notes. If you need post-it notes, just call me and I can send you some. I have them in all sizes and shapes, even after shapes. So just let me know if you need posted notes, I can get them to you and create your own board. Now, this is an interesting one, one question that I'm going to end on, but I'm always curious about PowerPoint slide design. And I think the audience sometimes is a little curious about how do you create slides that just look absolutely fabulous. What strategies do you have there, Tish? So once again, I'm going to be really honest because I've done mine for a long time. I had a team who I would, you know, get all my content to and hand it off and they would make it look beautiful. And um, I do not, or at least for a period of time, at least I didn't have a team. So you know what I did? I, I um, hired someone to help me with it because sure. at the end of the day, just like you don't want someone to turn you off because of how you step on the stage with your attire, you don't want someone being so concerned about, the misspelled word on your slide or that the colors aren't just right or the cap, you know, all the various things that sometimes people will get in their heads about. Um, and so, yes, when I do them myself, I preview them, I review them, I proofread them, and then I have someone take a look at them. But when I'm able to, if I have the time and the ability, I do find um, someone with whom that is their, their, their profession and they're really good at it, and I don't have to really worry about that piece. I can really just focus on presenting the material. So it, honestly, that's what I do, Bridget. I've done it before, but I find that when I have someone that that's their jam, I'm going to let them do it because it's just better for me to be able to focus. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, and I say that for the end because 
oftentimes people will get caught up in PowerPoint slides and slide decks and so on and so forth, and they'll make that a huge focus of the presentation. And really that's, I shouldn't say it's just a side note, but it kind of is, right? You, your message and the audience and what the audience gets out of your message, those are the main features of a presentation, not so much a slide deck. And, you know, I used to, I didn't realize I was doing this, but I used to depend on my slide deck quite a bit. And so I made it a big deal. And to be honest with you, when I was preparing for a TED Talk is when I had to learn to trust myself. And that's what it came down to for me. I was trusting the slides, and I wasn't trusting myself. And I'll never forget the woman who, when I asked her, can I use my slides? She basically said in a nutshell, if you don't think you have it, then you can use your slides. And I was like, hmm, well, okay then. Yeah, it forced me to begin to get, you know, I might put a picture up there or maybe a word that's going to really, you know, resonate with the audience. But I'm getting away from using PowerPoint as a way to deliver my message. It's just, like you said, if it's to the side, it's a tool, but it's not the primary concern. I love that wake-up call. If you need oh, slides, yeah. then you might not have it. I mean, that that is... It was, I was literally like, did she just say that for me? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I read that email like five times. I was like, wait a minute. Did she say... Did she... Does she know who I am? You know, that's how it sounds. But she was right, though. And it was a good wake-up call for me. And I've been, I think, on this journey of learning how to trust myself in many areas of my life. And that was one that I just hadn't learned. And, and I've, I've gotten better, and I'm still learning. Trust yourself. You yeah. are more powerful than you realize. Yes. Mm. I'm prepared. You know what I mean? It's like I have the material on the inside of me. This is my passion. Why am I depending on a slide deck? That could, we could have technical issues. We could, and most of the time, even when you have technical issues, it's not that you don't know the material. You're just so dependent upon that thing. So I've had to say, you know what? I'm going to depend on what I have deposited on the inside of me, what I am passionate about. And it's always better when I do that. It never fails. Wow. Wow. Did you hear that? So think about ditching the slides next time. Yeah. Think about minimizing them, maybe. Maybe you don't use as many. Maybe yeah. the ones that you use are just a few slides that have some powerful word or some powerful phrase or a gorgeous graphic that further illustrates your point as opposed to just having these slides with tons of text on them. And that's a whole other conversation that drives me crazy when you have a slide filled with text. I mean, just put it in a handout. Put it on a website. What do I need you for? Why are you standing here talking to me if I can read all of that for you? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Fish, this has been absolutely fantastic. I appreciate you, your time and your expertise and everything that you do in the world. Thank you. Likewise, it was my pleasure. I was so excited when I was invited to come. I'm so